0: Morning, everybody. All right. Well, wow. <laughs> everybody, all right. Good. Remember, I preach better with feedback. Remember, I I preach shorter with feedback. I don't tell you that every week. Everybody, all right. Ah, that's good. Okay. Hey, let's get our Bibles out. Let's go to uh, the book of Nehemiah. Nehemiah is where we're going to be today in chapter four. Uh, and by the way, if you if you're brand new to CORE Church. Man, I'm glad you are here. I'm glad you chose to worship with us today. We're going to just take a look at some scripture, talk a little bit about Jesus, and and I hope that we get a lot of your questions answered today. And if we don't, after the service, uh, my wife Laura and I will be right here in the front. We would love to meet you, talk with you, maybe even pray a blessing over your life. If you don't have a Bible, we want to put one in your hands. We give them away for free. So immediately following the service, just come right to the front And we have Bibles right up here at the front. We want to give you one and put it in your hand. Now, I read out of the New Living Translation. So if you're on a mobile device, uh, you can download a Bible from our website, by the way. Uh, If you don't have the mobile Bible, you can get it right there. But I read out of the New Living Translation. So if you want to follow along in in, uh, the proper version and you don't get lost, it's the NLT is what you're looking for. But we are in our series called Brick by Brick. And this this series, if you were here last week, let me kind of bring everybody up to speed if you weren't here last week, Uh, this series is birthed out of a season of prayer and fasting that God took me through at the end of October of last year. Uh, It was an amazing week of prayer and fasting. And as I mentioned last week, in the middle of that time of prayer and fasting, God woke me up at 2 a.m. in the morning, which he never does. Uh, But he did this time, and I could not go back to sleep. And God began to speak to me. I won't go through all of that. You can go back and listen to the podcast. You can hear all about me recounting that story of what exactly happened. But let me just say this. God kept me up for the next three and a half hours at the kitchen table taking notes and, and writing down everything that he was speaking to me. And I've held on to that for a few months, been praying about it, and I believe this is the season that God is wanting me to share that with you. And so last week I told you that God gave me two numbers that night, 2.7 and 400. Last week I talked about that number 2.7, and today I want to talk to you about that number of 400. And that comes out of the book of Nehemiah, and we're going to be in chapter 4. And and let me set this up for you. Nehemiah is kind of my life book, so if you've been around this church for any amount of time, you probably know the story of Nehemiah, but if you don't, Nehemiah is an old school guy. He was, lived way before Jesus, and, and he was in the Old Testament. And, and, and so the walls of Jerusalem had been destroyed by the Babylonians, and they'd been down for almost, uh, almost 100 years. And Nehemiah was up in captivity, and God put in his heart to go back to Jerusalem and rebuild the walls, and he did this miracle in just 52 days. And we're going to be reading, by the way, the entire book of Nehemiah in your God time over the next uh, few weeks. You're going to be seeing that show up as we read through the book of Joshua and we read through the book of Nehemiah. Well, this is halfway through the rebuilding project. So let's go to chapter four, where suddenly things don't go so well for Nehemiah. It says this, Sambalat was very angry when he learned that they were rebuilding the wall, and he flew into a rage And he mocked the Jews, saying in front of his friends and the Sumerian army officers, what does this bunch of poor, feeble Jews think they're doing? Do they think they can rebuild the wall in a single day by just offering a few sacrifices? Do they they actually think they can make something of these stones from a rubbish heap and charred ones at that? So then Tobiah the Ammonite, he, he joins in and he says, that stone wall, man, that thing would collapse if even a fox walked along the top of it. And then I prayed, this is Nehemiah, This is is just a bad boy, rise up, grizzly bear kind of prayer, okay? This is a revenant kind of prayer right here. Hear us, O God, for we are being mocked. May their scoffing fall back on their own heads, and may they themselves become captives in a foreign land. Do not ignore their guilt. Do not blot out their sins, for they have provoked you to anger here in front of the builders. And then in verse 6, at last, the wall was completed to half its height around the entire city, for the people had worked with enthusiasm. Will you pray with me? God, for your word, thank you so much for this gift of scripture. and I ask that today you would help us. We need your spirit to come and we need you to speak to us. I want to ask you, church, to pray for those around you. If you know them, pray for them. If you don't, that's okay. You don't uh, have to know them by name. You don't have to pray out loud. You don't have to worry about doing that. But let's just pray for one another for just a moment. Just, man, God, just help us right now as we try to decipher and, and hear, hear from your word. And, and pray for me as your pastor that I'm going to be faithful. I want to be faithful to exactly what God once said and, and only what he once said. And if you're ready to hear from the word of the Lord, give me a big amen. Amen. Well, today is going to be a little bit different. So if you're new to Core Church, it won't be a lot different, but it's going to be a little bit different today. Uh, Today is what I would call a kitchen table talk. Uh, I do these once a year, maybe every couple of years. and, And what I mean by kitchen table talk is when I do a message like this, it's so much easier if I could just sit across the kitchen table from you. And I could just talk to you about it. Because then you could dialogue with me. You could ask me questions that I'd begin to share, and, and, and we could talk through this. But unfortunately, we don't have enough time to do that. And, uh, and so just I want you to imagine that we are all sitting at the kitchen table together. And you're going to have questions. As I talk today, you're going to be like, what? We, we, hey, hang on, I got a question. Please don't raise your hand unless you're getting blessed. Okay? But if, if you've got questions... You can write them down after the service, you can come talk to me about those questions. Um, I would love to hear those. But today I want us to kind of do just a little bit of a kitchen table talk. Because last week, last week, we, we talked about bringing down the walls of debt. And today, I want to talk to you about rebuilding walls. How many of you uh, are remodelers? You've done a remodeling project, okay? Or a refinishing project. How many of you have ever taken something that's old and you try to refinish it, make it look cool, or maybe some landscaping? Any, I think all, how many of you have attempted? Okay, you're my people right there. <laughs> or you've, you, you've attempted something. Remodeling or, or refurbishing or rebuilding projects are, are, are awesome when they're done. Because when they're done, it's just amazing. Do you not, when it's done, you can't wait to show it off. Am I right? You're just like, if anybody comes near that refinishing or remodeling project, you're like, come here, come here, come here, come here, come here, come here. Come here, come here you got to see. Look. Oh, look, look, look. And, and what, they don't get it, though, do they? They're like, oh, that's nice. That's nice. Nice. Do you know what I did to get to make it look like this? Are you with me? You know what I'm talking about? They don't know how that. When you start a project, you think it's going to be easy. Like, you're like, oh, yeah, I'm get this done in the afternoon. Three months later, you're like, you know, you, know, you think it's only going to cost this much, but it costs this much. You think it's only going to take this many materials, it takes this many materials. And you get frustrated in the middle of it, and you think, I'll oh, just forget it, I'm going to quit, I'm, gonna, I'm done, I'm going to give it up. No. But you, you, maybe you persevere, and you, you see that, that project through. I, I just finished a project that I'm, I'm pretty dang proud of, because uh, most of you know I'm not a, I'm not a do-it-yourselfer. Uh, I didn't even know what DIY even stood for until like a couple months ago. I was like, what does that mean? I, I'm not a do-it-yourself. In fact, if you were here, remember what I talked about my screen project that I completely, she was here. My neighbor Jim, is Jim here? Jim right there, uh, who uh, had mercy on me. I handed him that screen, and, and, uh, and then I saw him like uh, three weeks later, and he's like, hey, what do you think about your screen? I was like, what, what screen? He goes, your screen. I, I put it in. Like, I didn't even know. He did such a good job, I didn't even know the screen was on there. It was next to the one that I had made. I saw that screen, but not, the, but not his. It was, it was amazing. So I had, uh, I got it in my mind over Christmas. I, I love fire pits, and I wanted to build a fire pit. And so I was like, man, I can, I can do this. You can. Come on, people. This is, a, this is the house of faith. This is where we build each other up, not tear one another down. Amen. What is this right here? Oh, Brad's man card. Thank you very much. <laughs> really? 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 Mike, you've been my friend for like, what, 20 years? I should you bring me a gift certificate for lunch or something. Thanks, buddy. I'll, I'll hang on to that. Thank you very much. So... Yeah, you know what they say about payback. Yeah, you think, think what Nehemiah said to Ballard. it was ugly then. Okay, so, so I, I wanted to build this fire pit, and I thought, I can do this. I can make this thing happen. And so I wanted to do it myself, and so I didn't want my neighbor Jim across the street to get any hint that I was building something because I knew he'd be like, hey, hang on, Brad. Let me help you. So under the cover of darkness, I brought concrete into my backyard. <laughs> is Jim not looking? Get the concrete to the backyard now. And so I want to show you. This is the before picture, all right? So this is, this is what it looked like uh, before. Now when, I, now when I show the after picture, I don't care what you think about it, you're going to build me up in the Lord, all right? Agreed? Here's the after picture. Oh, come on! Mmm! Man, that looks good! Man, that's good! Rebuilding projects are just, uh, that was a lot, a lot of work. More than I ever thought it was going to be. Well, If you're new to Core Church, what you may not know is that you've actually walked into the middle of a remodeling project. Of a, of a rebuilding project, but you would never know it. Like if you're new, it's it's crazy what God is doing around this place. I mean, the day of prayer we had yesterday was off the chain. What happened yesterday? Our worship. I mean, our worship team today. I mean, that's a good good band. It's who they are. It's who they are. I mean, they are. I mean. The talent is insane on this stage, and the, the, the preaching every week, come on people, woo! Our youth ministry, every Wednesday night, what's happening there, our kids, I mean, just, you look around, we, you know in the last three years, in the middle of this rebuilding project, in the last three years, we've had over 100 people make a first time commitment to follow Jesus, and over 100 people get baptized? you, it's amazing, you would never know that the walls were once down. And we are truly living the Nehemiah story. See, if you don't know the story of our church and our journey, it's it's a crazy one, and it's a good one. We started, uh, Laura and I were, teaching a Sunday school class at a church in, in Tulsa. And uh, our, our pastor, he's here somewhere today. Where is uh, Pastor Dave McKellops? Dr. McKellips right there in the middle. Come on, come on, wave. One day my beard's going to look like yours. It's, uh, you're my mentor. You're, I look to you, my friend. So Dave McKellips, Dr. Dave, and his beautiful wife, Gloria, and uh, they were our pastors and they had this crazy vision to start a church, and I was just a morning show disc jockey on the hot News <laughs> Z104.5. God stirred me up, called me out to be a part of that church, and one of my close friends was a Sunday school teacher next to my Sunday school class that I taught, and God spoke to him, and he Became the lead pastor, and in 2000 we began this crazy journey. Almost 16, can you believe it, almost 16 years ago? And we started in this in this school, and and the growth was explosive. It was insane what God did. It was crazy that the early days of the church unbelievable the transformation the people's lives being radically altered and the people coming in multiple services and uh, it was just so much fun to be a part of And, and in the middle of that we bought 40 acres the acreage and the the land and the the where this building sits now. We bought this this property. And then in 2008, things were just skyrocketing and and we had this bold vision to start another church. And so I I left with a real small group of people and and we went over to East Tulsa in 2008 and, and we started a church over there and God did crazy good things over there for several years. It was just an amazing journey. But at the beginning of 2009, everything suddenly changed. Some of you were here and a part of that. Everybody experienced the crashing of the economy. The economy just fell out in 2009. Right in the middle of the mother church, in the middle of a building program as walls are getting ready to go up and the economy just flatlines and crashes. In 2009, my good friend Brett Rickey, we prayed for his wife Mindy just a few minutes ago. God spoke to him and in a strange way called him out to leave and to go to another land, to go to another church. And he answered that call and he followed the call of God on his life. I still remember standing in Walmart and him telling me that, uh, that he, was, he was leaving. And he's my friend. And didn't want to see my friend leave. And that just brought some pretty difficult days for the mother church. Some pretty significant difficult days. It was a, it was a season of, of transition. It was a, a season of instability, and that led to a dramatic numerical fall, and, and with that came a dramatic financial fall. It was just a difficult season. This is, a, this is, what, this is what Jerusalem had experienced. If you go back to Nehemiah chapter 1, they, they come to Nehemiah, and they tell him, he says, how's it going? How, how are things back in the homeland? And This is before he ever rebuilt the walls, and he was visited by some friends, and in chapter 1 and verse 3, it says this. They tell him this. Things are not going well for those who have returned to the province of Judah. They are in great trouble and disgrace. The wall of Jerusalem has been torn down, and the gates have been destroyed by fire. Like, like Jerusalem... This, this once thriving church found itself in difficult times. But a remnant remained. God always keeps a remnant. And there were people that believed in the original vision, and there were people who stayed the course. And there were people who didn't give up, who didn't quit, who kept moving praise God for you. Praise God for your faithfulness. See, see, God, God had a plan for Jerusalem, and God had a plan for this church. Well, we didn't see it, but God saw it. And in 2012, God did the craziest thing ever. He began to stir up the leaders of the mother church, and began to speak to me over in East Tulsa. And this idea was born, a God idea of bringing our two churches back together and to rebuild for God's glory. And so we did that in 2012. Now, what I have shared, I think, in some smaller settings, I don't know that I've ever shared it from the stage, but I want to share this with you today, is this is a fulfillment of a vision that God gave to me in 2007. I don't throw in a lot of dates out there. But before we launched out to start the church in East Tulsa, God took me to the book of Nehemiah one summer before that launch. And he said, I want you just to read a chapter a day and just write down what I tell you. And one of the things that God spoke to me in 2007 was that, he, like Nehemiah, he was going to send me uh, to some people that I loved and that I cared about, that I knew. And that we're in trouble, where the walls were down, and he was gonna call me to rebuild. Well, when we launched in 2008 in East Tulsa, that didn't happen. I thought I missed it. I thought, well, I must, I must have missed that. But when God moved in 2012, like Nehemiah, it says in chapter one that he, he wept over Jerusalem. And it just broke me. It just broke me. And God began to stir in me and stir in the leaders that I'm going to do a new thing. And I'm going to rebuild the walls. So we started that. Like the people in Jerusalem, we we came together and and we began to, to move rubble. And we began to rebuild. And in the middle of this, in chapter 4 and verse 6, you you read these words. At last, the wall was completed to half its height around the entire city. And and let's say this together. For what? The people had worked with what? Enthusiasm. Like for those of you who've been a part of the past three years, those of you who've been a part of the remodeling and rebuilding project, you've done it with enthusiasm. Enthusiasm. Man, I want to say thank you, like personally say thank you for staying the course, for moving rubble when you didn't feel like moving rubble anymore. When you were like, how much longer do I got to keep moving rubble? But you did it with enthusiasm, and you are why we're here. And I want to declare over this church today, the rubble is gone. The rubble is out of the way, the rubble has been moved, the rubble has been removed, and we have started to rebuild this wall, but the wall is not yet complete. See, that night at the table, God led me to that verse and stopped me right there in Nehemiah chapter 4 and and verse 6, and he said very clearly to me, you're halfway there. Whoa, 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 living on a prayer. So, I'm sorry. It was either God or Bon Jovi. I don't know who it was. They both speak to me very deeply. Oh, man. So the question I, I asked God that, that night is a question that you're probably asking, right? When will we know the walls are up? When are we going to know when these walls are complete And and that night... Um, when God gave me this picture in my head of a rock similar to this, when I saw this, and he gave me that number 400. And that number 400 represents 400 people. And we'll know these walls are complete when, when we have reached 400 people. Now stay with me. I know you have lots of questions and you want to just keep, keep moving with me. I'm going to answer a lot of your questions as we move Along, See, the original vision of this church was that we wouldn't reach hundreds, but we would reach thousands, that, that we would be a part of not just one campus reaching thousands, but multiple churches reaching thousands across our city, across our state, regionally, nationally, planting churches even around the world, that this church would be a part of seeing thousands come to Jesus. Oh, that's a really good place to say amen. I want to be a part of that church. Well, this land and this church are the first part of that vision. See, 400 isn't where we stop. 400 is only where we begin. It's, it's where we start. It's the first part. See, in 2012, we, we began to rebuild. And I want to tell you, we're more than halfway there. We're more than halfway to the 400. We're, we're over 300 every, just about every single week here. God has been faithful to us, and we've been rebuilding. We're seeing people coming more and more and more, and we are growing and growing, and we praise God for what he is doing. So why 400? That's got to be a question you're asking. What's the magic number 400? What's that all about? Let me illustrate it this way. I want you to imagine that you're at a certain level, certain standard in your life personally, and suddenly you lose your job. Or you go in tomorrow, and they announce a rapid pay cut. In a moment like that, you're going to have to make some hard decisions, are you not? You're going to have to figure out what you're going to do. You, you have options. You can You can downsize, you can sell some stuff, get rid of a kid, you can... Some of you right now are already thinking, I know the one i get rid of. <laughs> if, it, if it gets this bad, we're getting rid of Billy. That's who we're getting rid of. He is nothing but tr- I'm kidding. That's a joke. I'm just kidding. But you have to make some decisions. You might have to get a, a new job. Well, the same is true in, in a church. It's no different for a church. When the economy crashed in 2008 and, and when we experienced the dramatic changes of, of 2009 and, and that began just some really, really difficult days for us, and what you may not know, I think many of you, most of you know this, we're 100% self-supported, like by each other. Financially, how how we go is how this church is going to go. We support one another. Well, when all of that happened, as I mentioned, it was difficult, and it brought numerical decline, and that led to financial decline, and it put us in a very, very difficult spot. But praise God, in 2012, nobody quit. But you kept on, and you decided we are going to rebuild these walls for God's glory. And you started moving rubble, and we made some difficult decisions. We had to do things and move here and make this happen and, and praise God if he is not the most faithful. Listen, this is a message for you personally, okay? Where every, if you're facing a financial crisis or a setback in your own life, God has been incredibly faithful to us for the past three years. I mean financial miracle after financial miracle after financial miracle. I mean, listen, God stepped in and he dropped $1.2 million off of our debt. Half of you are excited about that. Man, if that lotto wasn't one point whatever billion, y'all would have been excited about me mentioning that number. Now a million don't even get us excited anymore. God has been so incredibly faithful to us. But honestly, getting to 400 is, is critical for us. It's 400. With 400, what that number represents for us is, is like it would in your own family. represents Stability. It, rep- it represents the ability for us to, to move forward and have strength and have resources so that we can reach our city. See, I, I believe with everything within me that God has given us this land. And this is where we're supposed to be. This, this is our Jerusalem, and, and God is calling us to finish the work. He didn't call us just to start the work. He called us to finish the work. See, Nehemiah, this is good, Nehemiah, he he believed that God had called him to rebuild the walls. But here's the interesting thing, and this is the tension in the room today. Maybe not for you, but I'm telling you, for some people, this is the tension. In, In Nehemiah, when he's rebuilding the walls, guess what? Some people didn't buy in. Some people were like, I ain't so sure about that. I don't know. You don't believe me? Let's go right to Scripture. Look at this, verse 10. They come to Nehemiah, and they say what? The workers are getting tired. There's so much rubble to be moved. We're never going to be able to build the wall by ourselves. They're not that Nehemiah, are you sure? Are you sure? I appreciate the pep talk. I'm going to rebuild the walls. He is not the first one that tried to rebuild the walls, by the way. So they are like, oh, yeah, you're the next one that came in to say you're going to rebuild the walls. Gotcha. Are you sure? You better be sure, buddy. I don't know, man. And then we go to verse 14. Nehemiah. Then I looked over the situation. So Nehemiah looks over the building project halfway up. Rubbles moved out of the way. People are tired. This is a walk away moment. This is when so many people walk away from the vision that God has given them for their lives. This is when you walk away from the vision that God has put in your heart. He's put hopes, he's put dreams in you and you, you look over the situation, it's too much, it's too hard. And you walk away from your hopes and from your dreams and from the very thing that God created you for. So this is a real line in the sand moment for Nehemiah, and he says this, I, I called together the nobles and the rest of the people, and I said to them, Don't be afraid of the enemy. Remember the Lord who is great and glorious, and fight for your brothers, your sons, your daughters, your wives, and your home. So instead of walking away, Nehemiah, he kept moving. He believed the promise of God. You can believe the promise that God has put in you for 2016. Whether it's for your family, whether it's for your job, whether it's for a ministry that he's put into your heart, that he's wanting you to launch out and do whatever he has purposed in your heart, he will see it through to completion. It will happen. So I want to tell you as your pastor, I have looked over the situation. Oh, I've seen it all. I've seen the ugly side. I've seen the beautiful side. I've seen the grumbling side. I've seen the no money side. I've seen the halfway up. I've seen it all. I've I've surveyed the entire situation. And what I want to say to you today is the same thing that Nehemiah said to the people. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. But remember the Lord. Why? Because he is great and glorious. That's who we follow. That's what you've got to believe. We are the people of God. He's a good, good father. Turn to the person next to you, tell them say, He's a good, good father. It's not just a cute little song we sing, but he's a living God. And he loves you, and he loves me, and he loves this church, and he has a plan, and he says, If you'll stick with me and you'll follow it through, the walls will be completed, and my name will be known, and honor will be given to me, and great and glorious is the Lord. So I believe that God is calling us to keep moving, to keep believing, to keep the faith alive in our hearts. And in our church, but remember that what I said earlier is 400 is not the end goal. 400 is not the end goal. No, I think God wants to fill this house, and he wants to fill it over and over and over again. I believe that God wants this house to spill out into other houses. I believe that God is calling you and calling me and calling this church to go out into our city and do what we did here. Go find broken and dying churches, go into them, rebuild them, and see t- communities and lives transformed and rebuilt for the glory of God this is where we start so for Nehemiah walls are up fast forward to chapter 7 and the building is complete walls are up chapter 7 it says this in verse 4 at that time the city was large and it was spacious but the population was small and none of the houses had been rebuilt. See, this really wasn't about rebuilding a wall for Nehemiah. If you think it was a rebuilding project and and just about rebuilding walls, we we miss the point of the story. We miss the whole purpose of Nehemiah's life because that's not what, this was about people. This this was about restoring homes. See, like, like Nehemiah, God, is calling you and you and you and you and you and you to rebuild homes for his glory we can't we can't stop now see this the brick it's not a, it's not a wall it's not about a wall It's about people. See, the bricks that we build are are the souls of men and women. Lives that are lost. And the walls are down in their homes and in their soul and in their heart and in their mind and they're broken and they need somebody to step in and help restore them. That's what God did for you. You sit where you sit today. I sit where I sit today. Because somebody stayed on the wall. Because somebody said, you know what? I want to go after the hurt and the broken and the dying and I want to help rebuild their lives for the glory of God. That is what God is calling us to do. When you you came in today, I would like for you, um, in the seat in front of you is a card. Pull this card out. I don't want everybody to grab the card in the seat back in front of you. If you're on the front row, you're going to have to grab behind you to get that card. Last week, I asked you if you would uh, commit three things, your time, your talent, and your treasure. Hold on to this. Don't fill it out yet. I want you to take this home with you. Today, what I'm asking you to do is make a commitment to intercede, invest, and invite people who are far from God. That's the commitment I'm asking you to make today. Will you begin praying for people far from God? Will you take time and begin to just care about people that are far from God, begin to learn their stories, invest in their life? That person that sits next to you at school, Do you know their name? Do you know their story? The person that you rub shoulders with at work, do you you know their story? The the person that's on your ball team or the parent that sits next to you in the stands, do you know their name? Do you know their story? Do you know where where they're at with God? Will you commit this day to say, I will begin to intercede, invest, and then finally invite. I will bring them to church. I, I want you to take this card with you and take it home today we're going to be bringing these cards back on vision day january 31st i want you to make a commitment not just to come back january 31st but i need you need you to come back next week because next week is a pivotal message also in this series but on january 31st on vision day we're going to be doing something really really cool we're going to gather and if you, how many of you uh, pay attention i need hands raised how many of you have have seen the bricks by the front door okay everybody's finally seen them you're like what is that well, here's what we're going to do. I told you this that last week I tell you what that was about. We are going to gather on the 31st and if if you call core church home and you've made a commitment to follow Jesus, you're on the wall. We count you as you're on the wall. You're on the wall with us. What I'm going to ask you to do is come that day and we're going to give every person a brick. If you have children, they're going to get their own brick. And we're going to write our names on that brick and make that commitment before the Lord and before each other that I'm going to get on the wall. I'm going to be a part of the rebuilding project for bringing glory and honor to God and to reach our community and help them and rescue them and restore them. What you're going to see is a wall along the outside in our lobby begin to go up over time. It's going to start small. But every single time somebody makes a commitment to follow Jesus in this church, they're going to write their name on the brick. And we're going to put it on that wall. And how amazing will it be over the years as that wall just gets more and more and more and more bricks on it. As we walk in and we just see that, and you walk and you see this person's name. Now how amazing, how amazing would it be if you walked up to that wall and you saw the name of your friend. You, you saw the name of your, your coworker. The person you saw, sat next to in class. or That's the coach from my kids' ball team. How, how, how amazing would it be to stand there and look at that name and go, God used me. Like he used me that person's on the wall and and, I, and they're here because I, I prayed for them. Now I remember learning their story and I remember I remember them telling me all the things they were dealing with in their life and I remember inviting them to church. I remember inviting them like a dozen times. I remember inviting them for like a decade. See I've had that happen. It's amazing. It's amazing. When you do that personally and that name's on the wall would you commit to that in 2016? Let's bow our heads. I want you to hang on to that card and You're a follower of Jesus, I want you to, when your head bowed, I want you just looking at that card right now and asking this question: Will I commit to intercede for, invest in, and invite people who are far from God? As a follower of Jesus, would you say today, God, give me the strength, give me the ability, give me the heart? to do that today if you're not a follower of Jesus with everybody's head bowed what I'd like for you to do maybe today is your day for salvation you just recognize man I know I need Jesus (laughs) I'm I'm one of those people I'm not on the wall and man I sure would love it you mean I could get like I could be on the wall with the people that are in this church like God would do that for me yes, yes wants to remove all your guilt all your shame all your sin he says you have a place on the wall and today is the day where you can make that commitment to follow him or or maybe you've been away from God for a really long time and you like I need to come back to him and I need to recommit my life to him you make that commitment and you say I know that Jesus is the son of God and I believe that and I'm confessing my sins and I need him to forgive me if that's you today, what I'd like for you to do is just grab a next step card in the seat back in front of you. Just grab that right now. Check that box that says, today I'm making a commitment to follow Jesus. I'd like to know who you are, too, with every head bowed. If if you've made a commitment to follow Jesus today or you've been away from him for a long time and you're, you're coming back to him, I'd just like for you just to look up and make eye contact with me. Anybody today? Thank you. Anybody else? Thank you. Thank you. Say, I need to come back to Jesus. Anybody else? All heads bowed. Just look up at me. Make that eye contact. Thank you. Father, thank you for calling us out. Thank you for salvation. Thank you in a moment like this men and women who stayed on the wall for a moment like this, may we just soak in this for just a moment to know that a few more bricks in just this moment, just this moment a few more bricks have gone up on that wall some names added to the book of life, sins forgiven and salvation coming, praise your holy name for that, in Jesus name, and the church said amen let's give God a hand clap for what he's doing in this place